0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Suzuki Ignis 1.2 Hybrid SZ5 Hybrid 4-Wheel Drive Special Edition. Gosh, a double hybrid. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Yes, it is. It's very hybrid. (laughs) It's hybrid for the front wheels and hybrid for the rear wheels. Quite. Anyway, Andrew, Suzuki Ignis,
1: tell us all about it. Well, the Suzuki Ignis is a city car-sized SUV. Now, I put it to you, my lord, that that is very much a car for now. Because it's small enough not to offend most of the anti SUV brigade, and yet has a raised up seating position, so that seems to cater for a lot of people at once. I think. Well, in which case, I put it to the jury that actually, in fact, it's
0: not a city car at all. It might be a segment size, so little, but it's probably much better for the countryside, given its four wheel driviness and raised seating position to be able to see over stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's why I said city car sized. But I can see people using it more using it in the cities as well because of the diminutive dimensions of it. Um, the range starts at uh, 12749 including a £2,000 customer saving for, and here's the caveats by the way, uh, at the time of recording, for private UK buyers between the 1st of October 2021 and the 31st of December 2021. And that's with the SZ3 and then it runs all the way up through the range to 16,249 for the SZ5 uh, before you tick any of the option boxes and this was the SZ5 because being a press car you had all the things yes well it actually, I'll get into that in more detail but it pretty much came with everything uh, as Mm. standard, the only option it did have ticked was a £465 colour tax which now isn't a colour tax with the colour I had Okay. Oh, wow. That's a standard to non-colour tax car, but at the time it was put on, it did have colour tax. Oh, right. Fair enough. I think I follow. It's being transparent and open, you see. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So, So top of the range, you're saying there aren't really any options you can stick on an SZ5 it's really accessories as opposed to options so dealer fit stuff that's left
1: yeah so you're looking at tow bar kits side protection type stuff that sort of mud flaps that kind of stuff yeah Yeah, okay
0: okay obviously the color thing is going to be complicated and i haven't really followed what you've been saying but like a good consultant i've been nodding and smiling so that you think i have so can you explain in your own words a little bit more
1: about the color setup here please N- not a problem everyone strap in though okay there is fervent red which is red and that's the car i had right is is it
0: just red red like a fire engine type little tiny fire engine
1: yes yes that's the bucket. picture in on the show notes will will indicate and in the uh okay. on the piece in the website now when the car was given to suzuki press team it was a 465 pound paint color tax option Mm-hmm. That is now a non color tax color. That is the only one that's oh, okay. zero. So okay. moving on, we have metallics. So we have pure white pearl, white, super black, which is black, neon blue metallic, a sort of lightish blue leaning towards turquoise. It's actually really nice looking. Mm, uh, speed good. blue metallic, which is a lovely mid blue, mm-hmm. rush yellow metallic. Is that yellow? Like yellow. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> Tough khaki pearl, which is olive green, and that looks ace on it. Yeah. And all of those add £515 for colour tax. That's not too bad, but then it's not a very big car, is no, it? No, <laughs> it's not really a big car. Then you can have two tone colours, and all of them come with uh, with a roof that is super black. Now, you can have pearl white with black, fervent red with black, neon blue with black, rush yellow tough khaki. and there is a different color which isn't in the normals which is uh, caravan ivory which is a sort of metallic-y light beige <laughs> it doesn't sound very attractive to be honest uh, it, it looks a lot better than it sounds okay, okay. <laughs> <I was getting laughs> and they all cost yeah. an extra 700 pounds to have it two-toned okay. yeah. that's personal choice for me well, i think i'd probably just stick with a single color and there are a lot of very good colors which suit the car so I don't know about you, but I would choose the tough khaki, which is the same colour as all the press shots are. Yes, but you can't have a tan interior. No, I know. It's, uh, when I when I discovered this, I I did perhaps let out a, a little cry of despair. I'd probably go for the um, for the speed blue metallic, as it okay. you can't have a khaki interior. <laughs> so uh, what you get option wise interior is you can have some small parts of the trim can be color-coded to the exterior so you can have not color-coded sorry that that, uh, are connected with the exterior so you can either have silver or blue and the stitching matches that as well so it just helps lift it because it's predominantly black on the inside with uh, a few areas that have got a a lighter trim right yeah so we need to remember as well all suzuki's come with a three year 60000 mile new vehicle warranty and one year aa suzuki assistance which doesn't seem a dreadful awesome. deal. No, and hopefully not necessary either.
0: No. Okay, tell us about the outside then. Right. Because it, it, it's pretty characteristic, isn't it? It is.
1: It, it, uh, all Suzuki's look different throughout the range. And this is a, a cute, chunky little SUV that is as though it's been left in the boil wash a bit long. <laughs> and, but I think it looks great. It's, it's not aggressive, but it, that doesn't mean that it's bland in any way. I think mm. they've managed the balance really well, that it's neither swings one way or the other too far. It's got attitude, but it's not aggressive. And this was the
0: post-recent f- mid-life revision, or whatever it's called, facelift version, isn't it? Yes.
1: Um, what they've, they've managed to smooth off the edges. And to be honest, it's as close as we are going to get in this country to a properly brought-in K-car, isn't it? It is these days, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah surfacing wise it's simple and unfussy um there are a couple of touches in the rear pillar where there's the three um slashes and that gets mirrored in the center console towards the transmission tunnel on the interior as well on the bit of trim there which is a nice little touch yeah and that's all a throwback to the
0: to the rear engine whiz kid as well
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: little 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 styling heritage
1: thing which still looks really funky even if it wasn't As I said before, it doesn't look like anything else in the Suzuki range, but then nothing else in the Suzuki range looks like anything connected apart from having the Suzuki badge. I think the front end looks really distinctive. It's got Mm -hmm. these huge headlights in comparison to the car. And then there's a grille between the two, which uh, has like four U's across it before you get to the middle suzuki badge so there's two on either side mm. of the suzuki badge looks really nice there's a hint of jeep about that which possibly was deliberate because of the SUVness of it mm. um, but i but i really like the front the front end of it the rear passenger windows kink up towards the rear pillar and they're at the same angle as the slashes in the rear pillar as well which was uh, again this is not an overly expensive vehicle but little touches have been done to show that someone has paid attention to it and mm-hmm. has been deliberate in what they've done so that i as anyone who listens to us and our car reviews knows we are very appreciative of that <laughs> now what i was surprised at was uh the actual rear itself is how curved the rear screen is Really, because I yeah. never really considered that. I know the pictures I've taken don't really do it any justice. But there's there's actually quite a quite a curve on it when I expected it just to be almost a flat plane of glass, mm-hmm. which was again being a car nerd was quite a little delight to find as you as you went along. And there's for us, which is great. There's a there's a touch of cladding to the wheel arches. We always like that. And yeah. under the front. Grill and r- under the rear bumper there are these uh silver trims that sort of imply off-road guards which again helps break up the bulk of the color and gives it a little bit of interest mm-hmm. to the car again talks of suv off-roadness but isn't aggressive whilst doing it it's not like they've fitted huge bars to it or something like that so a nice little touch again yeah in line with the uh, cladding that i mentioned over the wheel arches you can and we talked about this before on these dealer fit optional extras you can add side cladding now you mm-hmm. can get two versions you can get a larger version which is if you think more along the it's uh, more of a rubbing
0: strip isn't it
1: cactus strip that ha- they had originally in the mark 1 and then mm-hmm. there's a thinner one which is very much the rubbing strip variety oh okay are you going to be in lots of car parks and expect to get yeah. dinged you thing. can
0: have you can have a thin version or you can go full veicross type setup
1: yes yeah, yeah. I, i'd probably go for the chunkier version if i was doing on the pcps because you know over three or four years that that will disappear plus you then won't have lots of dents with any luck well yeah exactly It's, it's <laughs> yeah cheaper than getting it fixed <laughs> quite for the uh, sz5 16 inch alloys are standard and going through the websites there appears to be only one option of a wheel and they're black with sort of five curved irregular shaped squares uh, on it okay and for those with a delicate disposition please cover your ears there's only four wheel nuts on the wheel whilst there's five just I'm, such a pain i'm
0: i'm very if sorry if you're going to do that i'm going to i'm, gets I'm disappointed. going to point i'm going to point out that they aren't irregularly square they're They're shaped squares they are more trapezoidal trapezoidal squircles when it comes to the wheels <laughs> yes that is a better way of putting it <laughs> i've got to get my revenge in little tiny ways so anyway we've we've covered off the the very small exterior yeah, that with took many <laughs> many words <laughs> tell us about the very small interior preferably with fewer words oh, oh no no chance of that i've just
1: looked at the nose. no 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 this is what happens when I prepare. You see, yeah, I know. So we uh, start at the boot like we normally do, and it's actually quite a decent size considering the uh, the, the overall vehicle dimensions. So it's two hundred and four liters with the back seats up, and that is to the parcel shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got a nice flat floor, uh, and it's quite regular shaped boot. You do have to lift stuff up because there is a lip over the uh, over the rear bumper, uh, but it's not really a hassle because it's not a very big car so you know you'd have to be quite diminutive to have that be a struggle for you we we can all shout torsional rigidity at it though (laughs) but there is a point off for Suzuki there is no curry hook however there is a blank cover next to the boot light which looks like it is perfect for someone to plug in a curry hook but it's just blanked off and it's like why why are you doing that to me (laughs) well you can always buy yourself a little stick on one quite from the boot though you can fold the rear seats forward and they the backs go onto the base Mm -hmm. which means that if you wanted like the full open area there is now a lip between the boot and into the rear passenger space Again, how much hassle that is for you depends on what you're trying to do with it. Uh, But what that does give is uh, 514 liters up to the windows. But they are only measuring up to the windows; they're not going to the to the roof Mm -hmm. on that. So it isn't, uh, you know, that you've still got quite a lot of area to fill. Don't worry. But they—they they are with the two seats. You can just knock one down at a time as well. So you've got the flexibility of that sort of thing, and, mm. and adding to the flexibility, the bases for the rear seats will slide forward and backwards slightly as well. They're on rails. Do they slide individually? Each uh, yes, slide they, individually. They do, or, I think, yeah. 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 So that—that's a—that's a lovely little touch considering mm. the price point of this car. Yeah. Well,
0: um, the original Renault Twingo and the Mach 1 One Thirty uh had that as well. It's it's something which has been around a while, which seems to have got lost uh, uh, through cost cutting in other cars. So It's, yeah. it's,
1: a, it's a nice, useful thing, actually. But yeah, yeah. I I would imagine I would see myself using it quite a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Now you mention it. So in the in the back uh, rear passenger area itself, there's only two seats, uh, so there's no middle bit, so you you can't even pretend there is a middle bit. Uh, and as a consequence, they're wider than the front seats because. because there's no central (laughs) tunnel needed (laughs) Uh, they're quite flat though those seats there isn't that much side bolstering but there's plenty of leg room actually in a cliched motoring journalist stylie i could sit behind myself (laughs) i'm not overly tall i am just average height but still that's quite impressive considering the size of the vehicle overall uh when we get to the front Lots of space. Uh, it feels really airy and loads of room. You have, beyond the leather steering wheel, you have a largish binnacle in the middle of which is the Speedo dial, which is quite large. And then there's a smaller rev dial to the left. And then there's the digital display on the right, which will mm-hmm. have all your usual stuff like how much regeneration is going on for the hybrid powertrain. There's also your instant MPGs directions yeah, all the all usual trip
0: computery stuff
1: yeah yes exactly that's all there and you can decide what you want to see the seats themselves are, are really quite comfortable and there's some side bolstering so you don't slide about whilst cornering but this is not a low-slung sports car that is supposed to be throwing you round corners so they don't need to cling onto mm. The driver and the passenger so they don't do so there's it's un that is unnecessary so they, they are perfectly fine for what they are intended to do uh cool. when the the steering wheel itself is three spoke it's got the usual and expected controls so you've got the phone calling activating voice control cruise control and limiter switching <laughs> through the info that sort of thing, the volumes all that sort of usual stuff that you
0: would of, of all expect. the cars that we've had this year then this is the one i least expected to have cruise control
1: yes <laughs> uh, and it works fine because I tested it out on the motorways sure. and stuff. It, it really simple to activate. Mm-hmm.
0: I like, the, by the way, the whole dash. To me, mm. do you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of the Wranglers we had last year mm. at the start of last year. Yeah, it's there's a lot of like it's a Wrangler, but but smaller and and dead
1: cute. Mm. There's definitely a. Um, I was going to say utilitarian, but that makes it sound. But that's not a i'm not that's not me criticizing it's very much functional uh, and it's giving you exactly what you need where you need it yeah but it's nicely done yeah, yeah. It is,
0: it's it's what I, I think yeah we need to to point out there it is it is nice and slightly stylized as yes, well it is. so it's it's a slightly stylized
1: sort of chunkiness absolutely agree with that um if we move across to the center of the dashboard then there's a tablet style touchscreen which is very much on the front of the the dash that runs across the passenger in front of the passenger. That's got the sat nav, infotainment, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. I only tried Apple CarPlay because I don't have an Android phone. Uh, I can't speak for Auto. However, CarPlay it worked every time I plugged it in. I never got it in the remotest glitch. Everything was fine. Did exactly what I expected CarPlay to do. So no problems there at all. That's a win. Yes. There's no actual buttons on the, t- on the touch screen. It's not one of those that has sort of buttony areas. It's got mm. indications of where a button would be and you can touch the screen and it will do certain things. So like on the left-hand side, there's the volume controls you can do. So that's more for the passenger because obviously you've got them on the steering wheel. On the right-hand side, you can go through to the home button and settings and stuff like that. So there's, there's quick touches to get to those things. They worked, but it's a touchscreen, so to mm-hmm. make sure you've hit them properly, you need to look at what you're doing. Again, I think it's more for the passenger, or if you're parked up, it's not on-the-move driver stuff. Right. Okay. We move down from there, and we get past... There's a hazard warning button, and then you're on to a screen. This is a bit of where Alan's talking about the stylized chunkiness, and this is this really quite a nice uh, example of it. There's a, a screen... To do with the temperature and the climate control stuff, so it tells you what temperature you've set it to. And then on the left-hand side, there's a nice sort of toggly switch that you can change the temperatures up and down. On the right-hand side, it's the fans. Mm. Below that are buttons. Yes, buttons uh, that operate the various features. You can go from AC on and off to auto AC, which is standard in yes. uh, the SZ5, by the way. Uh, Full whack climate. Yes. Front and rear screen actions, uh, and then if you want to just change where the fans are pointing to and blowing the air at from the screen, the person, the feet, that sort of thing. Hmm. They're a nice feel, they work great, and because they're buttons, it's very easy to use them. At most, as Alan does point out and is right about this, which pains me to say, you set your you set your climate control and hmm. you're done. The only time you're changing that is if you need a quick demist of the front screen or the rear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, But because they're
0: buttons, it's easy to do. Or maybe maybe you're a seasonal changer, so you you give it an extra couple of degrees in winter or something.
1: Yeah, but the, it all looks really good, and it looks like they're you know chunky off roady buttons that mm-hmm. that can be hit, and I think that's a really nice touch. And it doesn't really cost them that much to do. Uh, under that are more buttons, but these are for things like the grip control, hill hold control, lane departure warning, and emergency braking system. So, by a simple button that isn't 74 bits into a touchscreen, you can disable these or enable them. Yes. Which is nice in a car of today to be able to do. Yeah. <laughs> because these things are useful in particular areas of our roads. Like the lane departure warning is not helpful when you're on country lanes where the lines either disappear or you Mm -hmm. have to go round things. But on the dual carriageways and motorways, they are helpful. Yeah. So to be able to quickly just say, I want that on now, thank you, is a good thing. And other OEMs, listen to that, please. Yes, quite. Uh, To the left and right of these are uh, a couple of chunky covers On the left is the 12-volt, 120-watt socket, and on the right-hand side is the USB connector in which you connect into Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Nice, good covers on those that you just flip up and then think so. Again, mirroring that whole chunkiness, but Mm -hmm. not overly done, interior touches. So we get to the transmission tunnel now. Yeah, We finally got there. Uh, and there is a Just place for you to put wonder, your, yeah. your phone flat. Um, there's two cup holders, there's the gear selector, the handbrake, and then behind that is a small open cubby, which ends the, the, the transmission tunnel-y bits that you will interact with. The transmission tunnel itself runs between the two seats, but because there's only two people in, it doesn't make any difference to the rear passengers mm. at all. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this before when we were talking about the car key, color but the interior is predominantly black uh, and mm-hmm. you, we can have either these blue or silver accents depending on the spec um, but there's also this light band that runs across the middle of the dash that is where the is in line with the air vents which run across there and yeah. this lifts an otherwise quite dark interior especially with the rear having privacy glass as well mm-hmm. this the, could be particularly if it's not a sunny day it could be a little bit oppressive yeah even though there's lots of glass and it's a small car still there's an awful lot of black mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. this just helps it's just a nice little simple touch and and it really helps lift it okay materials there are hard plastics look at the price of the car there are going to be hard plastics what do you mean a car with the range starting at 12
0: and pounds has some hard plastics
1: i know did,
0: I... did you scratch them with your hand on the top of the dashboard because you often drive that way uh, no tap because, on the a pillars because go, i'm not psychotic it's a bit, oh, isn't it a bit <laughs> hard isn't it yes. i don't know how well that's going. that might scratch what are you doing to your A-pillars to scratch your ruddy A-pillars? Anyway, um, I shall get back in my box. So there are some hard plastics.
1: Yes, after Alan explains uh, the Motoring Podcast stance on material finishing Sorry. cars. But everywhere that was a touch point, the materials were nice. They were mm-hmm. they were nice and they were appropriate for what you were going to do or were doing with it. So, okay. so the little panel the down
0: by your right foot in the footwell that that wasn't soft touch
1: i nearly wrote to suzuki to complain it wasn't leather um, really yes because it should be shouldn't it especially at it that should. price yes if our sarcasm and <laughs> did, it, it, if, did anything is, rattle in a rattly annoying way there, there was no rattles no shakes uh nothing felt flimsy that you uh-huh. had to handle deal with press turn anything like that everything mm-hmm. felt solid And did exactly what you wanted to do. My kids could not break anything, so that's that's, that's an achievement in itself. (laughs) They are available for hire if any OEMs
0: require some severe testing. Very very reasonable rates. (laughs) Uh, The this sounds like a lot like what we've said about the interiors of another Japanese four wheel drive vehicle maker beginning with S as well. It might not be the sexiest materials. They might not be the nicest materials to touch where you wouldn't regularly touch them but they can probably go on forever and you know that in about 10 years
1: time they'll still be just the same they are appropriate for what they're going to do for longevity and also probably perfect for the people who are going to buy this car because they don't want to worry they are not worrying about oh why isn't this alcantara etc. They are going, I need, you know, I need the door handle to open every time I pull on it, mm-hmm. not be worried that it's milled aluminium or something. Yes. Yes. Will the dog be comfortable in it? All these exactly. kind of things.
0: Anyway, lots and lots and lots of talk about the exterior and the interior. Andrew, tell us how it drives. Well <laughs> this is
1: uh, This is an didn- incredibly lightweight feeling small car. Uh, It's not going to win awards for cross-country thrashes, but then again, that's not what it's designed to do. If you want that sort of thing, then go and get the Swift Sport, because that'll do that perfectly. The hybridness is of the mild variety. It doesn't run on electric only, um, but the the 12-volt system does help with acceleration and moving away. There is regeneration when you lift off, and obviously when you're braking, and that flat point when you put your pedal down to get away from a junction that which modern ice engines seem to delight in delivering for us is removed thankfully by the uh, by the 12 volt system yeah i I think that
0: those engines have all become have all become mild hybrids to fill in that that fill in that gap yes (laughs) obviously all of us moaning about them for long enough has gone through There was something I realised I forgot when you were holding forth on the interior. Is there an undercroft under the boot, or is it filled in with the twelve volts of the hybrid system?
1: Uh, there is a small undercroft that, but that has got like the towing eye and an inflation kit in it. Okay. the The boot is smaller because of the hybrid system in the right. S, uh, SZ5, and it it's slightly mm-hmm. larger where you don't have the hybrid system. Okay. Okay, and this of course has a combination of
0: it needs a rear diff underneath because it's a four yes. wheel drive one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'll stop
1: interrupting you. Getting back to driving though, but the pedals are incredibly light. But then I thought about it, and I thought often this will probably be used in an urban environment, mm-hmm. so you don't want mega heavy. I don't know, for example, clutches, Alan. Yeah. Whilst you're going in and out of stop start traffic. No. And also, it's something which appeals to to people
0: who buy these in in the countryside. They tend to be a little bit older, yeah. So out of town. So to
1: be honest, that's that's not a bad thing either. No, not no. Um, and the steering is again light, uh, as you'd expect, and because of the size of it, combined with those those aspects, it's really easy to just shoot around, mm. get get in and out of places, park up, jump back in the car get off and you did, know, it,
0: did, it, did you squirt your way through the school
1: run andrew yes definitely that is a that is a very good <laughs> word to use for it but yeah it, it just it just went about it uh, <laughs> and it, it just felt easy there was no no hassle whatsoever in driving around towns in this uh, nor was there driving on uh motorways and country lanes because mm, that motorways are sometime i would expect this to not have been completely successful i drove on the motorways in the daytime and the night in this and it's absolutely fine not a problem keeping up with the national speed limit it's not going to set the world alight on its 0 to 62 time that's 12.8 seconds but that's not i mean we go back in our driving lifetime 12.8 seconds yeah really pretty handy <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's so that's perfectly fine for modern traffic and keeping up and you know not making yourself a hazard as you try to join the motorway or something yeah yeah again you get up there put it in cruise control and it sits there no problem at all it mm-hmm. wasn't like it was making a ton of noise either from the engine it was pretty quiet pretty pretty refined considering it is so small and the price point mm-hmm. driving this around though i was reminded of the review of the Vitara from a few years ago, and in that I said that it it reminded me of a puppy dog that it was just really eager to go and do things. So you said, "Oh, I want to go over there." Go, okay, let's go over there. Let's go, let's go. Over. You know, where it's chasing a ball or something. And th- this felt exactly the same. It seems to be, and it, I know it sounds really sorry, odd and daft as a. <laughs> you don't
0: you don't get you don't get this from Andrew Frankel, folks.
1: no, no you don't. <laughs> many are thankful for it (laughs) but it really felt this eager little vehicle that just was happy to go about and do what you wanted to try and do with it. it it was it didn't complain in anything i was trying to ask it to do there is a lot to be said for little
0: happy cars in a world where far too many people take far too many things too seriously
1: yeah and on that front i was always let out at junctions yeah because it's this it's diminutive car. little car that's of no threat to anyone and they just went oh look at that yeah out you go
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that that is almost magic in itself yes quite particularly today <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so economy and stuff like that any no- and stats
1: yeah so the WLTP figures for combined are is 51.9 miles per gallon i got 48.9 which That's i'm really good. actually impressed how close i got because whilst i did do country lanes and i did do some motorway stuff a few times i was mainly in town hmm. and it still did that so i was really impressed with how close i got
0: and and i don't i don't want to sound like i'm I'm making fun of you because i'm not really but you do have you, you are quite fond of getting away from the line quite quickly in town yes. you tend to be a little bit more lead-footed than i am in that kind of get, thing and get up to can speed often, and then sit. can often hit things <laughs> well exactly yeah you get up to speed and that's that um so so actually you tend to be further away from the official figures than i do quite often so that's really
1: good yeah and and it took me uh, a couple of trips just to get used to how light the pedals were as well so mm. there was a little bit of mean oops <laughs> <That pulled away. laughs> even more control, so yeah. than normal <laughs> Dear
0: dear Suzuki, the bill for the clutch can be sent to (laughs) Mr. Andrew Clues, the tinfoil house, somewhere in the northwest.
1: (laughs) So this engine is a 1.2 Suzuki dual jet petrol engine. It's got four cylinders and 16 valves. So that translates to 83 metric horses and 107 torques. Now that doesn't sound much. It's quite a lot of torques for the size of engine. Yeah, and you probably feel that if it was fully loaded with people and stuff. But for my journeys, where sometimes I was the only passenger or I had one or two others, didn't notice, Mm -hmm. felt absolutely fine. Didn't notice any drop-off in performance or pulling away or anything like that. It was all perfectly fine. Oh, and just to be complete, the CO2s emitted is 123 grams per kilometre with the manual uh sz5 all grip these figures do change across the range depending on your whether you've got the CV, cvvc cc cvt gearbox mm-hmm. or manual or whether it's two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive so you do yeah. double check your specs if you're looking into this
0: mm-hmm. but you can't you can't get the four-wheel drive with the cvt you can only get nope. the four-wheel drive with the manual so yeah yes
1: uh i didn't test the all grip system I went onto a verge, um, which is probably more than most people who have buy one of these will do. But that was the extent of my off roadness during the week, so I can't really comment on the capability of that. Having watched some stuff on YouTube, it looks really quite capable. Yeah, I have to say, especially considering the size of it, uh, and the, the ground clearance is okay, but it's not. We're not talking huge. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't quite have the ground clearance of a Panda
0: four-wheel drive. No. I'll bet the the grip will be there. So shove some decent tires on that, and that's going to be a hoot in a in a, in a wet field. Yeah. Um, it reminds me, do you know what? Somebody brought up the Daiatsu Terios uh, the other yeah. week on social media, and it reminds me a lot of that. Again, without the, the, the ground clearance, but it's about as close as you're going to get uh, these days. So tiny little four wheel drive for extra grip and you know it's so small that it'll go around most obstacles so it doesn't necessarily need all that ground clearance
1: you just got to be a, little, a wee bit creative yeah tech wise and now tech considering wise. this is a small uh, suv and it's built to a budget mm-hmm. just to reiterate because we've said this quite a lot and think that's not a criticism by the way no whenever i say that i'm not criticizing it we love it on this show and which you'll know if you've listened to several of our uh, our reviews when designers and engineers get clever with the limitations they're given mm-hmm. but there is a lot of safety tech crammed into this so we've got the all grip four mode four wheel drive system we've got hill
0: descent so, so hang hang on so it has does it have the little does it have a little thing for choosing whether you're on snow and put no, you did to play it. with it did you oh okay okay fair
1: enough yeah. uh it has <laughs> hill descent so that bit you could make it um change Aye. but it's also got uh hill hold but mm-hmm. then you've got grip control so if you start getting through uh you're going over a surfaces which is a bit slippy you can press that and i think that will do what you're talking okay. about you know change change the terrain that you're going on mm-hmm. um that it then suddenly starts really paying attention and going okay we're going to make sure that the wheels are all getting yeah. power and all the rest of it and then there's also a dual camera brake support, which is twin cameras mounted on the windscreen behind the rearview mirror. Okay. If you think along the lines of Subaru's eyesight, that's the sort of setup it's got there. There's lane departure warning, there's emergency stop, that's emergency uh, automatic emergency brake, and then mm. there's weaving alert as well um which will... <laughs> there's an artisan over there at the side of the road
0: creating a small rug what yes, <laughs> that's exactly what is what is so so if, so if you're, you're weaving weaving in the lane
1: therefore possibly showing that you are tired oh okay uh, not not that you're drunk no because people who have had a drink would not drive exactly that will that's what that's for the brake support you can set the sensitivity on that. So it, okay, it, there's yeah. there's a sort of like there's a far and a near version, mm-hmm. and before I realised there was this difference, it does activate quite far away, much further than it was before. I was trying to I was going to apply the brake. Okay, uh, it started to warn me. It didn't but, didn't override because I was then braking, but the, mm-hmm. you get the warning signal. Mm-hmm. Um, so but the street, the, the streets
0: around you, are notorious for triggering. the just the way people park is notorious yes. for for triggering these these systems because you always have a heck of a time with them, and I never have a problem with them. Almost yep. never have a problem.
1: No, this it wasn't triggered. Or oh, there's one particular road that I go down that if if a system is going to fall over, it falls over at this point. It mm. didn't, no, that's it didn't. It, it recognised they were parked cars. It recognised that I was driving beside them and not going to go into them. Yeah, I didn't have mm-hmm. a problem with that this time. Cool. Uh, I want to specifically mention the sat-nav. Now, we hardly ever do that. <laughs> no,
0: we tend to be a little bit lazy and just plug in the old car play whenever we we, we get,
1: get caught. I was driving along and I wasn't using the sat-nav, and then all of a sudden this voice chirped out and warned me that traffic was building up on a road ahead that I one of the possible routes I could be going and it actually happened to be the route I was going and the traffic was building up on that road and I was like oh you're telling me things that are useful and I didn't know you did
0: this that's a good thing because quite often I set the sat-nav when I'm driving somewhere it's not that I don't know how to get there I know exactly how to get there but i want the traffic alerts along that route yeah so this does it in the background i want to be warned if there is this issue
1: so that's really that's really quite useful yeah you you can if you find that annoying or if you're going on a lot of routes where you can have a lot of different possible veer off onto different other roads from then you hmm. might want to switch it off mm-hmm. but i just left it on because i thought well it's told me it's told me and it's been right i'll keep that going and then it was really handy, and I and you know, congratulations to Bosch and to Suzuki for that because that's just a a nice little touch, which makes a big difference. That's a that's a really nice thing to hear about. It, actually, that's it's quite a neat
0: thing. Yeah. So overall, then, you seem to quite like this.
1: Yes, I love the design. I I wanted to pick it up and put it in my pocket every time I parked up. Did you keep turning around to look back at it? Yes, of course. I did. <laughs> Aww. I love the teeny weeny nature of it, uh, you know, and you know I love huge vehicles as well. But hmm. I loved how it was just this cute little small thing. I loved how keen it was just to go places. I was surprised at just how practical it was, and mm-hmm. the level of tech they've shoehorned into it. Again, at the price point, uh, yeah. I could see that easily slotting in to our our household and the way that we do things. So it's curious you say that, because, of course, there are five of you in your
0: household, and this yes. only, this strictly has four seats. And there have been times in the past when I've said, what about this? And you've gone, oh, no, we can't possibly have that. It only has four seats. So
1: why is this? What, what's the change here, mate? We have a vehicle that will take five. Mm-hmm. So if we all went somewhere together we have backup so as a second car or the car that does most of the little journeys mm-hmm. this would this would be not even the little journeys but the the car this would actually probably end up being the car that was used the most
0: yeah i could see that in our household
1: i, I could see mrs windscreen at the wheel of this oh absolutely. Slight, slightly terrifying thought but yes, I, I could see mrs windscreen at so. the wheel of this and enjoying it a lot yep yep that's how i see for someone like me Mm -hmm. but i think if you're looking for a second car in your household or if you live in a rural semi-rural area and your weather and roads can get a bit grim Mm -hmm. and you want the backup of a four-wheel drive system look at the all grip if you don't need that then i would look at the rest of the range the Mm two-wheel drive versions and i think this will surprise and delight a large number of people who would possibly not consider it because it's going to be reliable yeah and you've got that backup of the the warranty as well Mm -hmm. um but i i think it would make a lot of sense for a lot of people and do nearly everything they need a car to do nearly all the time for them
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah i can't can't agree
0: i can't disagree even I do totally agree. Uh, I can't disagree with that. No, that's cool. Awesome. Brilliant. I liked it a lot. Sounds I like a bit a of lot. a win for the for, for, for the Ignis. Yep. Uh, for the Ignis there. Brilliant. Well, don't forget, folks, up to now and next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people want to know more about tiny little Suzukis,
1: uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I'll happily talk your hind legs off on Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people want to talk about sliding rear seats in the back of Mark 1 Yaris's, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I
0: I really recommend that you don't because i can be very dull on the two different systems then you can use twitter where i'm at ajp bradley that's b-r-a-d-l-e-y uh we'll be back before very long But until then i've been alan bradley i've been andrew clues and safe motoring